Welcome to Dig It. I hope you're having a beautiful day. What's the date today, Corey? Because I know you want to chuck that in there every time we start a podcast. Oh, goodness. It's the February 25th, 2021. Beautiful. I hope you're all doing well. I'm here with my two lovely ladies as usual. Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs and the Sharp Edge. What's happening? Hey, doing all, all right. kinds of stuff. Lots. All kinds it's of stuff. a little cray-cray. A little cray-cray. I mean, we got lots to talk about today. I have heaps of tabs up on up on here, which I thought was going to be a relatively, you know, easy podcast, and then we just got a million tabs over I here. know. Like, the day before, we were, like, struggling. Like, what are we going to talk about? Oh, and now we have, like, a thousand things to talk about. Yeah, well, we have to talk about this transgender agenda that's going on. We're going to talk about some weather conditions. Uh, what else do we have, girls? Because it's mostly you girls running through it today, so. A couple of bills, the Quality Act, coronavirus bill. Yeah, and the storm, and I have a video from Greg Reese I want to play because he's absolutely brilliant with nutshelling things. Yeah, so as you guys know, I was intending on going off grid and camping for about four days, and uh, the night before I left, I find out that uh, back home, a pipe burst in my house, and it was like Niagara Falls outside my house. Oh, yeah, there's there's my two-story long icicle and no i'm not in texas but you know a lot of states got pommeled with these freezing temperatures and there's just pipes bursting everywhere so so long story short my hot water line in my first floor bathroom burst and literally blew a small hole through the exterior of my home and flooded my first floor so they had to rip up all the flooring and now I'm just dealing with contractors and insurance adjusters and all that fun stuff what a to mess. Uh, what a mess. get all that done. So I'm like out in my tent talking to contractors. <laughs> oh, Good times. Hey, it's cold down here at the moment too. Actually. Is it? Yeah, the last couple <clears throat> of days. Except we don't get snow like that. Like If Australian, like from where I am, saw snow like that, they'd be like, what is this? What is this? Yeah. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be like cavemen looking at this guy. Dude, it's insane. I'm telling you. So I just, I want people to understand how this all went down in, uh, in Texas. And I'm not talking about the weather specifically, but the power situation there. We're talking at its peak, over 5 million people were without power for more than three days. During like freezing temperatures, there were more than 70 deaths linked to the intense cold. So far, and I'm sure there's going to be more, there's already seven lawsuits from families who lost a relative due to the power outage. And uh, it's so sad, you guys. Like this family, so this boy was huddling with, uh, gosh, I can't remember if it was his brother or sister, and they were huddling to keep warm. And the family's argument is, you know, they were totally misinformed. They're told, oh, there's going to be these short, temporary little rolling blackouts. They weren't they weren't told, hey, this is going to be like permanent, get out now, drive far away, go find somewhere to stay where there's power or anything. So, you know, and not everyone has the ability to do that in the first place. So, so their, their son died and they're, they're suing. They're one of the families that are suing. It's just, it's so, when, when you see how this went down, it makes you really freaking angry and 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 I need people to be aware of it because this is the kind of crap they could continue to pull. 
And, you know, you guys know I did that whole report on the, the power supply, which I can get into later. But so I want to roll this, this three and a half minute video that, um, well, yeah, since you have that up, right, since you have that up speaker, I, I basically, part one is the timeline, okay, going back, having to do with our power grid and all of our uh, technology that pertains to energy over here and, you know, the EOs and the bills that were passed and how Trump was trying to protect all of this. Right. And, uh, and part two gets into the uh, more of the players. If you click on that next tab speaker and scroll down, yeah, you'll see, <clears throat> I get into some players that no one's really had their eyes on, but I get into the land as well. And I have a lot more research on land that I've, I've been digging into um, since that report that I'm working on putting together. But in the meantime, uh, there's just, there's, there's so many important things that we all need to be paying attention to because just so that, you know, we're better prepared for their shenanigans in the future. <clears throat> so yeah, let's roll this. It's just three and a half minutes. You have the volume on? Oh. The volume. Yeah, you got to rewind it though. And turn it up. Can you turn it up? On May 1st of 2020, President Trump signed Executive Order 13920, securing the United States bulk power system. In the executive order, Trump stated that he found that foreign adversaries have been creating and exploiting vulnerabilities in the United States bulk power system, and that the bulk power system is a target of those seeking to commit malicious acts against the United States and its people. Because a successful attack on our bulk power system would present significant risks to our economy, human health and safety, and would render the United States less capable of acting in defense of itself and its allies. Power transformers are the backbone of our electrical grid, and about 85% of our transformers are coming from abroad, including Communist China, who nine years ago bragged that they supported 10% of New York City's electrical load. On his very first day in the White House, President Joe Biden signed the executive order on protecting public health and the environment and restoring science to tackle the climate crisis. In Section 7C of this order, it is written that the executive order of May 1st, 2020, securing the United States bulk power system, is hereby suspended for 90 days. On February 12th, ahead of winter storm Uri, Governor Greg Abbott declared a state of disaster due to the imminent threat of loss of life due to prolonged freezing temperatures. With several board members living out of state, including one in Canada, with backgrounds in economics and environmentalism rather than energy, ERCOT manages over 90% of the Texas electrical grid. On February 14th, ERCOT requested that the Secretary of Energy issue an order authorizing the use of energy currently restricted due to carbon emissions. Biden's Department of Energy responded in an official document which prioritizes the environment over human life. During a state emergency, the federal government incentivized ERCOT to shut off the power, 
by charging them 18,000% higher than regular prices. And when the record freezing temperatures reached Texas, ERCOT shut off power to neighborhoods it deemed non-essential, thereby murdering people in their own beds. There has never been a time in American history where this has happened before. They have already succeeded at making us so stupid that we believe there is no such thing as sexual gender and made us so weak that we allow them to steal an election before our very eyes. They will now put us on endless climate lockdowns, shutting off our power grid to kill us and break our will. As the men continue to do nothing, the women will grow to resent them, thereby destroying the family bond. So long as we continue to do nothing, we will be murdered or broken and brought to heel where we will beg for whatever scraps our degenerate masters choose to offer us. And if we refuse to stand up, then we deserve every bit of what's coming. For Infowars.com, this is Greg Reese. I just don't know anyone who can sum it up quicker than he can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was well done. Yeah, he's really good at just put his um, those short vids that are just really impactful. Yeah, definitely. And um, so I just, you know, that that actually with him kind of ending out there on the whole transgender thing, we could we can roll into that because holy <sighs> cow, are they hitting this stuff hard right now? No yeah. kidding. This one. California bill proposes to find retailers that maintain separate clothing and toy sections for boys and girls. Now, I can understand like mixing some toys in together. Who really cares? I mean, I, I grew up playing with matchbox cars instead of dolls, you know, but clothing, think of how complicated that's going to get down the line. Let's start mixing up all female and male clothing and make it genderless and good luck trying to find something that fits you. And it's just... And to find them, this is how far they're taking this. And then we have the Mr. Potato Head is no longer going to be a Mr. But that's so... why they have a Mrs. Potato Head. <laughs> right? This oh, the they're unbelievable. They're, because a, they're a happy potato family. That's why there's Mr. They're, they're all going to be gender neutral. <sighs> gender neutral it, toys. Where does I mean, it end? It doesn't. It doesn't. I'm telling you what. It's just, it's unbelievable. I mean, I had heaps of like female G.I. Joes, like, but they were, they were there from a male G.I. Joes. So I don't know if that makes me sexist. That makes me sexist. <laughs> but like, but like my army needed wives. <laughs> makes me sexist, doesn't it? I'm going to get like, okay, I had Ken dolls. My Barbies needed husbands. Yeah, see? <laughs> Hilarious. They <laughs> Right. My mom was just saying the other day, we passed someone, there was this uh, family walking and there was this adorable little girl with this cute little yellow dress on. And I'm like, look at her little dress. And, and my mom goes, yeah, you were never into dresses or really anything like that. I, said, I know I was a total tomboy. I refused to wear dresses when I was little. And if she made me, I'd wear pants under them. <laughs> but, you know, I, could see I, am, that. I am a female. And I like males. <laughs> and Honestly, the whole thing one, is just ridiculous. One thing I can state is that I did never actually get into dresses. Unless, did you what? I couldn't hear you. 
I, I never as a kid actually like got into dresses or wore dresses. The only time I wore a dress, I was in the Middle East and it was a Galabaya. So it was not really a dress, but it was kind of like, you know, that Arab dress thing. <laughs> that, was the, I, count. that was the closest thing I ever. And I actually, I, I fitted <laughs> really well and tourists were asking me for directions and everything. I would have made a great spy. The thing is, is they don't just, you know, it's not like they're advocating to let everyone just be who they are. They're trying to turn you into something you are not. And they're trying to punish anybody who doesn't go along with it. It's more right. about punishing you if you don't go along with their extreme ex- agenda yeah. than, than just acceptance. Because I felt like we were accepting it already, but right. it's, it's the next level. It's it's We're going to target you. We're going to punish you. Yeah. Um, it's insanity. The, the West and- is... Is more accepting than any other nation when it comes to this shit. It is so accepting, in fact, that they're starting to, like you said, push criminal penalties on you now if you're not becoming more accepting and more accepting and more accepting. And that's the game. Right. Yep. Yep. There's, but when there's they go lot, after the kids, here. when they go after the kids, that's what just really pisses me off. It's, oh, yeah. it's leave the kids alone, you know? And uh, that's what this whole thing with the HHS assistant secretary uh, is about. You know, that came out, well, it's been around, but uh, it came out this week, a particular um, speech that um, this this uh, person gave, uh, Rachel Levine gave back in 2017, just advocating for basically sex changes for minors, um, you know, starting them on puberty blockers and on um, sex change injections, cross-gender hormone injections for kids that are 14 to 16 years old, just starting puberty, um, and even sex changes for minors under the age of 18 in certain cases. So um, this is- I don't even remember what I did at 13, 14. I can hardly remember those years. And to <laughs> and and to actually make uh, something like this legal for a child that age, that is malnourished in the brain because we all were, we don't really fully um, get our cognitive functions until we're mid twenties. Um, I think uh, women are earlier than men, but men are about at like twenty four, twenty five. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, your your brain's still forming at fourteen, and a lot of these kids they change their minds. I know Corey that you've done. Um, a lot of research on this. You've put out a four-part series and done a video um, breaking down this whole agenda and um, a lot of that talking about the kids, right? Yeah, it. this is one of the most important reports I have done to date because it, I, I go back to the 1950s. I take you through the timeline and I show who's pushing the agenda, who's profiting from it, um, who's, uh, there's, there's a lot of money to be made in this industry and it's not just about, um, you know, it's, it's creating identity crisis, but it's also sterilizing. If you're on puberty blockers for too long, you, you will not be having babies, you know, and obviously transition surgery, you, you can't reverse that. So, which is why. 40% of transgenders attempt suicide. And and more of that percentage is after transition surgery. But if you go into any of these facilities, 
Um, even like, oh gosh, is it Boston's, Boston's Children's Hospital? Am I getting that right? Uh, forgive me if I'm wrong. I have too many hospitals in my head. Uh, you look at their documentation on it. It's in my four-part report, but you look at their documentation on it and um, yeah, if you skip ahead speaker, that's just, I was just showing like some resources on my site for people there, but 47 minute video, Corey. It's, it is, it's a 47 minute because I'm trying to recap a, you know, a 60 something page report I did on this. It's, it's very extensive because I don't think people understand the, the, um, the depth and the breadth of this of how huge this is and how many people are involved. We're talking like CIA got involved in this back in uh, 1996, they started pushing this. Um, it's, it's absolutely huge, you know, and the, I know I've said this a million times, but it's a key point that Planned Parenthood is the second largest provider of prescribing those puberty blockers you know, and here we are taxpayer dollars funding Planned Parenthood. And it's just another form of sterilization. And they are not required to have a mental health visit at all. A parent could literally go in with their kid and get the prescriptions and start them on it. It's, it's really disturbing. And they don't have, you know, uh, they don't have long-term clinical studies on the effects of these puberty blockers that they're using. They've never done that. So it's, yep. it's, it's, it's it, like you said here, it's a, the, the fourth social engineering side of it is the, the real insidious side of it. Now, most populations in, in nature and stuff don't grow up to be trans or to be um, men that have sexual identities or women that have sexual identities. This is not a majority thing right sometimes it, it does happen it has happened before it has happened in the past but this is no it's like one percent of the population i believe so this is right forcing and indoctrinating these kids to think that way and to think they are that way and that is really the most insidious thing about it and these are the people that you know want to throw out you know believe the science believe in nature and all that i mean how many transsexual mm -hmm. lines do you see out there in the wild right right do you know what i mean but like, it is it is the I'm social getting? engineering yes it's the social engineering but then also there's a, there's probably some biological aspects to it i know that there was a, a a video we were watching before we started recording done by grace um i think it's on the next um tab the next over tab, yeah. yeah brilliant um, video and it's pretty short everyone needs to watch this yeah it's so good she talks about a story that she read of this woman um, during the Holocaust, who worked in a hospital, had some medical background. Uh, she ended up going to Auschwitz. And she this book talks about her experiences there, all the, hor the horrific things that happened, but particularly focuses on uh, the medical experimentation. And we know about everything that Mengele was doing, but this was really focusing on their experimentation experimentation with pharmaceuticals and with vaccines mm -hmm. and also in putting some kind of white powder in the food and water supply that made the females turn male or start representing characteristics and of vice versa males. they and were dosing versa. them with with the hormone therapy and yes. experimenting with that and we're talking like bayer 
Bayer yes. was involved in this stuff. Yep. Yep. And so, and she draws all these comparisons in this video, which is just amazing about the experimentation being done with, um, in the food and water supply, the vaccines, the pharmaceuticals, it changing people and making them become more masculine or more feminine and uh, drawing all those. Oh, we lost her. We lost her. <laughs> but yeah, well, she'll come back. She drawing all those conclusions that represent what's going on i'll just finish her sentence what's yeah. going on right now it's very similar and 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 it's only like an eight minute video so everyone should definitely watch it but yeah she does it, some uh, really she does some really really good stuff grace she does she does so <clears throat> it shows she's still in here so she must have just lost the audio yeah she'll be back don't worry everyone she'll be hello, back. hello 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 yes. Oh, there she is. Okay. I finished your sentence for you. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for, for, everyone, for everyone listening, the amount of times this happens with a hive mind videos, it's infuriating. Seriously. It is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yes, so, this is a well done video here. Everybody should check it out. The comparisons drawn to today, it's just eerie. And it's like, have we learned anything from our history? Mm -hmm. Well, we, we could learn more from our history if it was more readily available to uh, the normie population and to everyone. But like we know, they they try to destroy history and they have been trying to destroy history. Yeah. By labeling it certain things or, I mean, it, it's it's hard to watch a video of Hitler at the moment without people labeling it as racist. I mean, of course it is a Hitler, but doesn't mean it's not educational. Right. Yeah, and going back to the suicide factor, I think that um, Dr. Levine's argument on supporting all of this stuff for minors was this justification that it was going to somehow prevent um, suicide. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they've been using that argument for a long time. And, you know, look, the fact that 40% of transgenders who make up 1% of the population are... are um, you know, have attempted suicide at some point, they're not telling you that, that the majority of those are after transition surgery. So yeah. they, they always leave out the key important details and data points, as we know, and they tell you what they want. They want you to know. And that's that. Yep. Yep. So what I found really awesome was that at least Rand Paul brought all of this up. I was curious to, to know um, if Rand Paul was going to talk about this in the confirmation hearing um, of Rachel Levine um, this week, and he did. He brought it up. So I wonder if we could play this real quick. We can play this. Has been yeah, but turn your volume up, speaker. Volume is fine on my end, Corey. You just can't hear it well. Um, okay. When it records, it's fine. Don't worry. It's okay. Trust okay. me. Trust me. Okay. 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 <laughs> mutilation has been condemned by the WHO. The United Nations Children's Fund, the United Nations Population Fund. According to the WHO, genital mutilation is recognized internationally as a violation of human rights. Genital mutilation is considered particularly egregious because, as the WHO notes, it is nearly always carried out on minors and is a violation of the rights of children. Most genital mutilation is not typically performed by force, but as WHO notes, that by social convention, social norm, 
the social pressure to conform, to do what others do and have been doing, as well as the need to be accepted socially and the fear of being rejected by the community. American culture is now normalizing the idea that minors can be given hormones to prevent their biological development of their secondary sexual characteristics. Dr. Levine, you have supported both allowing minors to be given hormone blockers to prevent them from going through puberty, as well as surgical destruction of a minor's genitalia. Like surgical mutilation, hormonal interruption of puberty can permanently alter and prevent secondary sexual characteristics. The American College of Pediatricians reports that 80 to 95% of prepubertal children with gender dysphoria will experience resolution by late adolescence if not exposed to medical intervention and social affirmation. Dr. Levine, do you believe that minors are capable of making such a life-changing decision as changing one's sex? Well, Senator, thank you for your interest in this question. Um, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field um, with robust research and uh, standards of care that have been developed. And if I am fortunate enough to be confirmed as the Assistant Secretary of Health, I will look forward to working with you and your office and coming to your office and discussing the particulars of the standards of care for transgender medicine. The specific question was about minors. Let's be a little more specific since you evaded the question. Do you support the government intervening to override the parent's consent to give a child puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and or amputation surgery of breasts and genitalia? You have said that you're willing to accelerate the protocols for street kids. I'm alarmed that poor kids with no parents who are homeless and distraught, you would just go through this and allow that to happen to a minor. I would hope that you would have compassion for Kira Bell, who's a 23-year-old girl who was confused with her identity. At 14, she read on the internet about something about transsexuals. She thought, well, maybe that's what I am. She ended up getting these puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones. She had her breasts amputated. But here's what ultimately she says now. And this is a very insightful from decision from someone who made a mistake but was led to believe this was a good thing by the medical community. I made a brash decision as a teenager as a lot of teenagers do, trying to find confidence and happiness, except now the rest of my life will be negatively affected, she said, adding that the medicalized gender transitioning was a very temporary, superficial fix for a very complex identity issue. What I'm alarmed at is that you're not willing to say absolutely minors shouldn't be making decisions to amputate their breast or to amputate their genitalia. For most of our history, we believe that minors don't have full rights and the parents need to be involved. So I'm alarmed that you won't say with certainty that minors should not have the ability to make the decision to take hormones that will affect them for the rest of their life. Will you make a more firm decision on whether or not minors should be involved in these decisions? Senator, uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field, uh, and if confirmed to the position of Assistant Secretary of Health, I would certainly be pleased to come to your office and talk with you and your staff about the standards of care and the complexity of this field. Let it go into the record that the witness refused to answer the question. The question is a very specific one. Should minors be making these momentous decisions? For most of the history of medicine, we wouldn't let you have a cut sewn up in the ER. But you're willing to let a minor take things that prevent their puberty, and you think they get that back? 
You give a woman testosterone enough that she grows a beard, do you think she's going to go back looking like a woman when you stop the testosterone? You have permanently changed them. Infertility is another problem. None of these drugs have been approved for this. They're all being used off-label. I find it ironic that the left that went nuts over hydroxychloroquine being used possibly for COVID are not alarmed that these hormones are being used off-label. There's no long-term studies. We don't know what happens to them. We do know that there are dozens and dozens of people who've been through this who, who regret that this happened and a permanent change happened to them. And, you know, if you've ever been around children, 14-year-olds can't make this decision. In the gender dysphoria clinic in England, 10% of the kids are between the ages of 3 and 10. We should be outraged that someone's talking to a 3-year-old about changing their sex. And now that. Yep. Yep. He did. I freaking love him. And on that note, I have to add a couple points. So, okay. Because I, I studied the puberty blockers extensively because I knew they were off label and I wanted to know what it was they were using. So this is going back to uh, good old Jonas sock. And, um, what it was is, is they decided that there was this thing called central precocious puberty where girls were and boys were going, you know, having showing signs that they were developing earlier than, than their friends or, you know, other people their age. So maybe they were three years ahead of schedule. So they developed these puberty blockers because they don't want the children to be embarrassed that maybe they're growing breasts sooner than their friends are. This is how this all started. And they make it sound like it's this <clears throat> this dangerous dangerous thing and they they use these scare tactics like if you go into male clinic and you look up central precocious puberty they make it seem like it's so dangerous that your child could even have like a tumor it, it's ridiculous but that's, so it's just something that's just generally natural is not some people you know go through that earlier than others i know i did like as 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 a child i i went through puberty uh, a lot earlier than most of the other guys and most of my other friends i mean yeah yeah but, i mean but, i knew girls like that in school too um and and so over a little embarrassment they're going to create this and make it sound like this is a serious clinical issue and that you should put kids on puberty blockers and i highly suspect it was actually done for the purposes of later using it off labor label for gender dysphoria so so it's never been approved by like the FDA or any, anyone to, to use this for gender dysphoria. And so a Dr. Paul McHugh, who's a distinguished professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at Johns Hopkins University had said, and I quote, many people are doing what amounts to an experiment on these young people without telling them it's an experiment. You need evidence for that. And this is a very serious treatment. It is comparable to doing frontal lobotomies. I believe it will be something like how we think of eugenics now. We will come to regret it when we discover how many of the young people that were injured regret it themselves. Wow. So, I mean, Rand Paul nailed that. Just yeah. absolutely nailed well, that. Well, that's the difference between sanity and insanity is like when you listen to these hearings and you see someone like Rand Paul speaking like that, throwing down the facts throwing down what's going on and then the other side refusing to answer it and dodging questions right. and not right. knowing how to even uh reply to something like that but yeah. it, it, 
I'm going to tell you my story quickly, right? Because it's funny. Okay. Right? <laughs> like, like I said, I went through puberty earlier than most kids in my class. And I played Aussie rules at the time. Um, I played it a lot. I don't know if you guys know what Australian football is, but I, I played it pretty, like, a lot when I was younger. So I, I started, like, growing hair under my arms and, like, on my legs and stuff like that. I didn't care about it. I thought it was the greatest thing ever, right? I was like, yeah, I'm becoming, <laughs> I'm becoming a man, right? Like, that, that's just my thinking about it, right? Um, right. And, and the rest of the kids on my team were, like, smaller than me. I, like, just, you know, no, no, haven't gone for any gross birth and shit yet. And I remember playing the back line in, like, this under-13 competition just like rolling people like i found it as a huge advantage for me especially in sports right i had this newfound energy i had this newfound masculinity about me so yeah that, that, that that's my story but i you know I, I i think it helped me a lot you know in, so it in wasn't something. a bad thing definitely not a bad thing for me <laughs> right <laughs> I, I loved it yeah yeah yeah, I think that Rand Paul nailed it. And the, the, the sad thing was, is that a lot of the people in that that hearing, they ended up like making excuses and apologizing for Rand Paul and, and, and like denouncing oh, him. It was ridiculous as though he was, you know, being uh, discriminatory towards Rachel Levine. So right. I was but glad like, to see him stand up like, for that. Like seriously, you, you can label me, but I oh, know I lost it. Um, you, can, you can label me whatever you want, but when this person, is your health minister you're projecting mm-hmm. something terrible onto the world right I, I i know a lot of trainers personal trainers male and female who are what you can call uh, health educators right they project uh, an aura of what it is like to be a healthy person this does not right and i don't right. care i don't right. care what uh, she labels herself it's got nothing to do with that it's it, it, it's got everything to do with how she projects that field onto the world mm-hmm. yeah yep and going after the kids yep mm-hmm. and speaking more on that let's yeah let's hit on this equality act because yeah what the hell is this i haven't seen oh this my yet. gosh yeah so the house um first they passed this legislation back in 2019 the house did but it didn't go anywhere in the senate now they're trying it again they're voting in the House this week, we'll, but we'll see actually what happens in the Senate this time. Um, it should pass in the House. Um, so the act would expand the 1964 uh, Civil Rights Act to forbid discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity, which sounds good, but when you <laughs> implement it, it's got very serious consequences. First of all, it's going to seriously infringe on religious liberties protected under the religions, uh, Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Um, it's basically going to force, for example, Catholic hospitals who have refused to perform hysterectomies or mastectomies uh, on healthy females who wanted a sex change. They're going to now have to do that by law. It no. Could, yes, this is it, as bad as the abortion agenda. Yes, it could go as far as forcing parents to allow their teens to undergo sex changes, even if the parents object. It could go as far as um, forcing. It states that in here. 
um, if people are, are talking about this, if, if there, there could be like court cases that, that use this law, um, uh, to, right. e yes, to as justify as a form of discrimination. Yes. Right. It, yes. And it could go as far. So it's even more insidious. It would make, uh, refusals to perform abortions illegal as a form of discrimination based on sex. So this is going to have very, very serious implications, but not only that, it's going to seriously adversely affect um, the freedoms of girls and women. Um, we've talked about this because um, under the <clears throat> Equality Act, trans boys and men are going to have the right to play in girls and women's sports. It's going to destroy female sports because biologically women can't compete with men athletically in most sports. Right. So it's going to put them at a major disadvantage in that arena. Um, and, and when it comes to getting scholarships, competing professionally, um, but even more importantly than that, young girls are going to have to share locker rooms, bathrooms, hotel rooms if they travel for sports with biological males. It's just wrong. And those same issues of biological females having to share facilities, it's going to not just extend to sports, but um, it, prisons, battered women's shelters, even public restrooms. Uh, it goes on and on. This is insane. insane. Yeah. I swear to God, if this passes, dude, we're done for. Yeah. These people are just, I mean, they've been pushing this for so long. That's why I did that report. I think I did that a couple of years ago. I just, because, you know, you can see the writing on the wall. You can see it all coming. It's the indoctrination in the schools is just unbelievable. But yeah, I, I, what this is going to do to young people's minds. I mean, wow, wow. We, we really got to do the the homeschooling groups and uh yeah <laughs> ditch well, the education system i'm telling you oh the education system's been gone in ages they've they've infiltrated that beyond any sort of yep uh you know they, they, it's they, literally they, at this point it's like sending your children to brainwashing school pretty mm -hmm. much it's pretty much just sending them to camps <laughs> oh and now the girls are gonna have to share bathrooms with trans boys you, you know how yep. uh, like, if, if it passes in the senate i should i should put that caveat because it's really unknown at this point if it's going to pass in the senate it should pass in the house but it needs 60 votes in the senate to avoid a filibuster so we'll see what happens there but it's yeah and it's being voted on this week in the house or the senate yep, or in what? the house it's being okay. voted on this week in the house um actually thursday today while we're recording so can, okay. can you imagine the insanity in prisons not not mm -hmm. that there isn't enough insanity in prisons yeah i mean they're hitting every single button to uh, sterilize and depopulate just, uh, when, when you take all their agendas together and 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 you know just going back to like bayer which is bayer monsanto now and monsanto controls I believe it's like over 60% of our food is all GMO at this point. It's, it's pretty bad. And, um, and, and I think back to when I came across some Rockefeller documents straight from their website, downloaded it. it it's included in my eugenics report where they were talking about not just the uh, infertility vaccines, you know, but but working it into food in order to hit the masses. 
And I can't remember the year of that. I want to say it was in the 60s, but I'm not positive. But I, but I do, I of course downloaded it straight from their site, but I probably kept the link to their site too. So people knew it came straight from them. So who knows how long, you know, when you take and you think, okay, well, no one has seems to have an explanation as to why sperm count is so low all of a sudden. It's like, what is it, 40 or 50% uh, reduced sperm count now in men. It's, it's, and people scratch their heads. Well, why is this happening? I can't imagine. Well, well they can speak for themselves. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I do think goodness. I do think it has to do with what they're putting in the food, and that might actually have to do with why uh, girls are starting puberty more early too. So that precocious uh, puberty thing could could actually have been manufactured, maybe. Well, food, you know? yeah, well food, food's a big thing. Food's a big thing for any uh, growing person, and there's a lot of science behind it to provide certain chemicals and certain nutritions that. Uh, uh, different sexes need or have and that's why you know you see females that do generally eat more vegetarian sort of foods and men that generally eat more meat for muscle uh, muscle mass or depending on what it is there's a lot of science in food and there's a lot of way that you can engineer food uh as a weapon mm -hmm. i mean yeah. gates has even talked about and this was in the last few years talking about putting uh some sort of a vaccine into rice. And I can't remember what that was for, if that had to do with Zika or what it was for. I know he ended up, you know, they did the whole thing with the, with the, wasn't it mosquitoes or something or bugs that they were doing the vaccines and those? I mean, yep. these people are like, what? we're just a giant experiment to them. <laughs> Megalomaniacs, just, it's just, insane that these people have control of our food supply our vaccines it's it's our medicine health industry the whole, whole health, health industry, industry. Sick whole and the food health industry, industry oh. the media the government tell me something like that <sighs> education system education all of system. it it's it sucks but mm -hmm. speaking of the health industry we should talk about this coronavirus bill oh, if God, it should even us. be called that I haven't okay. even looked at this one yet. Oh my gosh. So the House is going to vote on Biden's 1.9 trillion. Let's just call it 2 trillion. Let's just round it right? to 2 trillion. Why not? I'm sure cuz you know, I mean, he just he just uh threw in what was it? 4 billion to Gates and the WHO so that they can get vaccine to poor to poorer countries. So, you know, we'll, oh, just, just... we'll just keep rounding that shit up. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. Vaccines in Africa. That's worked well. Yeah, so this this coronavirus bill, they're going to vote on it on Friday. The House is, okay? They're planning to try and pass it in the Senate by March 14th. But first of all, it shouldn't even be called a coronavirus bill or even a relief bill for that matter because it's filled with so much pork that's completely unrelated to the China virus. And most of it doesn't even provide immediate relief. Nearly 700 billion of it goes, goes to funding projects that don't even start till 2022 or 2024 or beyond. So what kind this, of projects? Oh yeah, I'm gonna get into that. So this bill's like 591 pages long. So I haven't read the entire thing, but I'm oh, sure I'm on, not. I'm sure I'm not the only on one. Of this. I'm sure most. I'm, I'm sure you, most legislatures haven't even read it yet either. Did, did so. you at least keyword search surveillance for me? <laughs> no. Or contact tracing, so we can see how much they have worked in on that. 
No, I haven't, but I'll, t- I'll break some things down oh. for you. Here's okay. how S- Senator John Kennedy described it like this. I love this. I love John Kennedy. He's like a Rand Paul in the way that he just is so, he, he puts lays it all out there. He says, this isn't a coronavirus bill. This is a left of linen neo-socialist wish list. It's chock full of spending porn. And that is exactly what this thing is. The bill is funding um, things like, oh, $350 billion earmarked to bail out corrupt Democrat-run state and local governments that have completely mismanaged their taxpayer money. Uh-huh. $50 million for environmental injustice grants. $500 million for museums and libraries again. Oh, God. Uh, $40 billion for colleges and universities, even though they're still collecting tuition. Of course. $750 million for global health, not American health, global health. Right. $10 million for Native American language preservation. Okay. Um, $1 billion for socially disadvantaged farmers to advance racial injustices in farming. What? Farming. Okay, um, $112 million for a California transit project. <laughs> okay, $1.5 billion for a Seaway International Bridge that connects New York to Canada. Okay, these are sh- some examples of the pork that's in it, but also tucked in it. They're making a $15 an hour minimum wage mandate, which is estimated to kill 1.4 million jobs. Mm-hmm. There's billions in there f- in subsidies for illegal immigrants, and it's allowing Planned Parenthood to qualify for Paycheck Protection Program funds, which are essentially grants. <laughs> How about that? Oh my God. I want to know what's in there for contact tracing. Well, what's in there for people? Does it say anything about, you know, for the small businesses? And nah, they get nothing. Direct I release to people. I haven't, I haven't heard much on that. So maybe we'll have to update. You have to, you have to, uh, to vote for the bill to know what's in it. <laughs> oh God, right. <laughs> and when, when are they voting on this? Friday. The day this comes out on in their voting in the house on friday so then it'll okay. go to the senate and we'll God, see what happens nice. there yep administration funds yeah i saw that forty seven thousand five hundred. yeah lovely, lovely. Oh, more good news more good news <laughs> I, i'm joking here i'm joking this is terrible <laughs> terrible news oh sorry i shouldn't i shouldn't laugh this is awful so all right so 18 attorneys general wrote to Biden and the Department of Homeland Security and ICE urging Biden to reinstate Operation Talon. So um, ICE has this operation that they've been doing for years. They were doing it under the Trump administration, combating sex trafficking and convicted sex offenders that are here in the country illegally. Of course, creepy Uncle Joe canceled this operation in his first month of his presidency. No surprise there. Mm-hmm. Um, so Florida's Attorney General Ashley Moody, I'm going to read a quote from her. She said, the reversal of a federal enforcement operation created to prevent the molestation, rape, 
and sex trafficking of women, men, and children is extremely concerning to me. Not a day goes by where I'm not focused on how to end sex trafficking, especially the rape and torture of children, which as a mother disgusts me. It should also disgust President Biden. But that's the problem, isn't it? Does mm-hmm. it disgust Creepy Uncle Joe? Absolutely not. Nope. Sex, sex trafficking is back on the cards, people. After we spent oh. four years trying to eradicate it as much as possible. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These and people. they were doing a great job. So between what? 2014 and 2018, ICE arrested about 20,000 criminal sex offenders that were here illegally. And now, since Biden's memo that he put out on his first day in office calling hmm. for a stay of nearly all interior immigration enforcement. Operation Talon's been completely shut down. And criminal sex offenders that are here illegally are free to roam the streets and prey on the most vulnerable, like our children. It's horrible. These people are disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Aye, aye, aye. It's just a virtue signal to minorities. It's, yep. um, and that's all they care I don't know. But, but see, min- even minority groups, I mean, a lot of them, many, many, many minority groups voted in mass for Trump. I mean, they right. care about this stuff, too. OK, they don't want their children preyed on. Right. Right. So, I mean, it's not appealing to them. They, they, they want the they want to have as many uh, illegals here as possible. They want to give them amnesty so that they can vote and that they will vote for Democrats. I know that that's their game plan. But I will tell you, I mean, there's a, a large part of the population that are minority groups that do not support this kind of crap. Well, they also want to wreak havoc in this country. They want to create the biggest melting pot of chaos and divide that they possibly can. It's like throwing 20 bombs out at us simultaneously to see how many people they can break and tear apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sadly. Infiltration, not, not invasion. Yep. So, so what happened with the uh, Federal Reserve? I, I caught a little bit of that and didn't yeah, get, me, have a chance to get into it. Yeah, me too. I just read a little bit about it the other day. Um, it just popped up randomly but the entire federal reserve payment system crashes due to operational error freezing three trillion dollars in daily transactions including paychecks tax refunds and bill payments now, this is pretty massive uh for something like this to happen 3.3 trillion dollars because they're stuck in limbo there for a while but um I, I think the biggest takeaway from this is to show you how volatile these systems are well, what caused it to crash? To, to just operational op, op, error? Operational I mean, error. That's all they said. Mm. It's clearly something more than that. Absolutely. But it's absolutely still, something really more. going on. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of things that go through my mind when stuff like this happens. First of all, you have that whole uh, major cyber, cybersecurity breach where pretty much all of our infrastructure and everything was was affected even the defense department and you you have to wonder if if that could possibly be at play here the other, right. question, the other question i have and I, I know that they're trying to crash the dollar is um, right uh, but the other question i have is um is does it, this have anything to do with say the uh, for example like the GameStop um investments because i know that they that started peaking again 
And that was like happening right around when this crash happened. Um, are they just trying to halt these, uh, you know, retail investors from being able to, uh, you know, take advantage of, of certain things in the market? I, I don't know, but it's just, it's curious. A lot of questions in my mind. And yeah. I feel like oh, we yeah. don't have a lot of answers here. And, and even like a couple of days prior to this, they were talking about how bad Bitcoin was and trying to shut down any digital currency as well, which the Biden administration has been trying to go after as well. So that's, that's, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know, there's, there's, there's something going on here, especially trying to, with them trying to discriminate, you know, on, on digital currencies when their systems seem to be pretty flawed mm-hmm. by what's going on here. I mean, they, they, they don't, they don't want you to have any sort of financial independence. Yeah, what I don't like is how rapidly they are pushing their agenda. I mean, my God, it's been just barely over a month since the devil got in to the White House. And look at what they've managed to do so quickly. That's crazy. And somewhere over in Spain, I can't think of the area right now, they they just passed some new law where they uh will be fined if they do not get vaccinated and i look at that and i go you know what that shit's gonna happen here they did it a couple years ago with the so-called measles epidemic where less than a thousand people in our country actually got the measles you remember that in new york i can't remember the county that it that they did that but there was a judge that imposed fines on them if they did not get their uh get vaccinated it was like a thousand or two thousand dollar fine too it was ridiculous yeah what what, what we're seeing globally at the moment is one complete chaos and two uh, a complete uh, lack of any political party actually knowing what they're doing for the benefit of their people i mean and that's why we're seeing so much skirmishes kick up around the world and of course you know western governments and all that are the the ones quickly to shut it down but i mean we've seen coups in in myanmar well, we see a coup rising in armenia at the moment people are trying to take back their governments right yeah. because at, at this point in time and what we can see for anyone paying attention they are completely in that well, it's a, just a totalitarian, totalitarian power grab. I mean, they are just going full on. Yep. And so, yeah, of course, there's going to be uprisings. Since people see what's going on. But going back to the uh, COVID vaccine thing, yeah, Israel's like a test pilot. They're like, they have like second class citizens. Like if you don't have a vaccine, you don't get to uh, participate in public, basically. And yeah, you, you don't get to go into stores. Yeah, and you know that's going to be a test pilot for everywhere else, and, and including here uh, in America, uh, and some at some point in the near future, and what some way, shape, or form. But it, it's the huge disconnection between government and the everyday per- person, which is just seems to be growing larger and larger and larger by the day. I mean, did you guys see that video that I sent you in Discord about the Australian fans at the test? That, I didn't see it. That is, no, I missed right? it. So there were, I, I forgot her name. I, I should know this because I'm Australian. But she was speaking after the Australian Open, after the tennis, and she started talking about vaccines. Uh, and the crowd started booing her. 
and Ooh. then she started talking about how how good a job the Victorian government has done, and the crowd started booing her. Um, uh-huh. and, 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 <laughs> and then we had a government official come out after this, going, "Oh, that was terrible show of behaviour. You know, this is so un-Australian." And I was like, "Kiss my ass, man! It's so right. How right? dare you not most, obey and bow?" One, one, most of these people don't like. Uh, it's not that they're anti-vaxxers or anything. It's that they were there to watch the tennis. Do you know what I mean? Like they 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 don't want a political message. One that's sitting there, what you know, having actually time away from all this shit. Right, right. Uh, that's another yeah. big thing. I mean, do you, well, when you're trying to push that into a tennis competition, like kiss my ass, man. That's not what they want to talk about. They want to talk about who won. They want to talk about the game. They want to watch the game in peace without you pushing ideologies and genders. But it's everywhere. They're pushing it everywhere. You cannot avoid it. Yep. Yep. So, except for here. Except for how do we here. end this Undig on a good it. note? <laughs> Undig it. We do not push it. <laughs> this is your reprieve. Your your one hour reprieve from the madness. <laughs> you know, and it's and it's really tough to sit and and come up with. You know, I've been banging my head against the wall for weeks because you want to come up with solutions, but everywhere you turn, there's lawlessness. You know. They've got, they've just, God, they got so many of them from so many different agencies and institutions under their thumb, you know, whether it be by greed or blackmail, who knows? Um, I mean, look at what just happened at the Supreme Court. We didn't even mention that. All the election fraud cases, they just dismissed them all. Not even going to hear them. Yeah, of course So it gets really tough, you know, and I think it's important for people to really focus on the spiritual side of things and uh, who and faith and, and living your life, trying to have some laughter and joy and, um, you know, preparing for various potential things that could come down the pike, but not spending all your time obsessing over this because it will do nothing but bring you down. Yeah, and there is still some power that we do have um, in our own personal lives, like um, just small choices that we make with our purchasing power, uh, what companies we choose to endorse and not, you know, not support and what um, social media we we choose to be a part of versus the thing, the social media that we know um, does not allow free speech and things like that. Those choices do make a difference, you know, and don't work for the vile companies. Mm-hmm. that are pushing all of this on everyone right so if we make some conscious decisions in that way um with the way places that we spend our time the um the, the way ways that we spend our money and things like that 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 does make a difference um as far as making a positive change so right there's there's your positive there you go <laughs> Thank you. we have to, we have to in the end of the day we have to hope and believe that something more beautiful can come out of the ashes because yes. if we don't believe that, then we just go straight into a, a sense of nihilism. Uh, we, can't, um, we can't afford to let our brains and our hearts go down that direction. No, no, we can't. We can't. We have to have hope for the future and keep fighting for it. It's worth it. It's worth it. All yep. right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us today on Dig It with the speaker, myself, The Sharp Edge, and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. Please be sure to share this podcast. We're on iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Foxhole, Gab TV, BitChute, and Pill.net. We'll see you back next time right here on Dig It. 